Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Kite katoto, ayakorongonei, kiorana, and welcome to the world in sports for this week. From RNZ Pacific, kawtea kokoroe Hawkins. Coming up, it's test week for the Rugby World Cup and we speak with our reporter Vinnie Wiley in Japan about how the Pacific teams are shaping up. There is a divisive split around the Mate Matonga Rugby League team which seems to be about money and mismanagement and we check in on the Vanuatu cricket team who were beaten by Canada in their opening match of the Cricket World Cup Challenge League in Malaysia. After four years of preparations, the Rugby World Cup kicks off this weekend, starting with the host Japan taking on Russia on Friday. Rubbing shoulders with juggernauts like Ireland, the All Blacks and England are the Pacific Minnows, Fiji, Samoa and Tonga. Our reporter Vinnie Wiley is in Japan for the World Cup. I asked him how the teams are shaping up during Test Week. You know, it's, uh, what do they say, four years of planning for all these teams and uh, finally here we are. So this is probably, you know, from a Pacific Island point of view, there's always optimism, I guess, every four years that, that that they might make it through to the knockout rounds or whatnot. But I think this year there's a real feeling uh, with Fiji, especially, that um, it's not just an off chance; it's a really strong chance. Um, and uh, their opening match on Saturday against the Wallabies uh, is, is is huge for them. It's it's absolutely massive. If they win this, it basically sets up their tournament. Uh, it means they they don't have to beat Wales. It means they just beat uh, the other two teams in their group, and you know, as is expected. Um, and then they would, um, you know, be through to the quarterfinals. Whereas if they lose this, they 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 probably would have to beat Wales, which is a pretty tough ask. Um, not that beating the Wallabies is easy. Um, so, you know, maybe getting them early could could, could be a, a good opportunity because we saw Samoa give the Aussies a bit of a scare a couple of weeks ago in in Parramatta. So um, Fiji have had a very thorough build-up, six Test matches. Um, some mixed results. Is is Fiji's strength just? Is it the depth and experience in this squad, or is it the, the build up they've had, and also, or is there more more funding been given into their build up this time round? Uh, well, well, Fiji certainly have the best setup of of the three Pacific nations in terms of resources and funding. It obviously pales in comparison to, you know, the All Blacks or, or any other sort of you know tier one nation. But um, uh, you know, they play regular matches, regular matches at home. Uh, a lot of their players were playing for the Indrua and the Australian NRC or the Fijian Latui um, earlier this year in rapid rugby. So they've actually had a lot of people playing together um, regularly, which you know helps combinations and all that sort of thing. So um, uh, and these are players that are good enough to play, you know, in Europe, etc. But but uh, some of them have chosen not to. They'll they'll probably take contracts after the World Cup. Uh, and then of course they've got some genuine world class performers already, the likes of Leone Nakarawa. Uh, the lock, who was named in the World Cup tournament team four years ago, um, you know, Semi Randrandra, the former rugby league star at centre, you know, he's an absolute handful. Um, Frank Lamani, the halfback, and Ben Volavola, they've got a strong combination. Um, Viliami Massa, the number eight from Edinburgh, he's, you know, right up there in, in Europe as well. So they've got some. Semi Kunatani used to be one of the seven stars um, at, at number open side flanker. Um, so they've got some genuine quality in their team, which can, you know, 
can, can hurt oppositions, can uh, can cause some real damage. So, um, um, and like I say, a pretty thorough build-up in terms of matches and time together. So, um, as far as they're concerned, it's you know this is this is everything they've been working towards. So, um, they, they couldn't really be much better prepared than they are. Almost on the opposite end of the scale in terms of uh, opening matches, Samoa and Russia. Yeah, Samoa. Um, in terms of the way the pool is structured, it's probably quite good for them actually because um, they've had a bit more of a mixed uh, build-up. You know, they they beat Tonga in those horrible conditions. You know, almost two months ago now, back in uh, up here, uh, and then they've had a few narrow losses. They lost to the USA. Um, they lost to Fiji, but put in a really strong performance. Nearly nicked it at the end, and then of course. Um, you know, they pushed the Wallabies well a couple of weeks ago. Um, so there, there's a bit of optimism. I think Samoa could be timing their could be timing their run quite well, actually. Um, their captain, Jack Lamb, was under an injury cloud because he uh, had to go off with a uh, knock to the eye against the Wallabies. But um, he was saying this week that he's um, feeling a lot better and he's odds on to be back. So, um, you know, he's a pretty important player for them as their leader. So um, Russia is an ideal way to start, really, because they're expected to win. I mean, really, if they don't win that, then... They don't deserve to go any further in the tournament. So uh, it should be a comfortable victory. Um, and Russia will have already played. Russia are playing on Friday night, the opening game against Japan. So uh, depending how many of those players back up, they could be a bit tired already. Uh, whereas Samoa have had all this time just to build up towards this one game. Um, and then, yeah, and then Samoa kind of progress nicely after that into their sort of following games. They play Scotland, which is uh, a big one, and then Japan, the hosts. So they're going to have to win one of those two games probably. Um, uh, against Scotland or Japan, uh, possibly both of them, because, of course, Ireland are in their pool too. So there's about four teams in that group that are all sort of, ugh, maybe not there or thereabouts, but are all sort of capable potentially on the day of beating each other, um, with Ireland obviously seen as the, the front runners. But um, Samoa, Scotland, Japan, uh, two of those, one of those three will go through. So uh, those games are pretty important. So just getting a 80 minutes under their belt against Russia, um, you know, work on those combinations, get some match fitness, um, you know, get used to the conditions, the hot conditions here, which the Samoans are used to, um, you know, could be an ideal way to ease into the tournament. And Tonga's hoping um, uh, their their captain, Nasi Manu, will have a comeback for England, uh, his, his recovery coming well, apparently, from the coaching staff. Uh, Nasi Manu, obviously, inspirational leader for Tonga. Um, he's been through a lot in the last couple of years, testicular cancer, uh, beating that and getting back into the uh, Tongan squad. Um he was going to captain them against Samoa, you know, six eight weeks ago, but uh, picked up a pectoral injury. But um, all the signs are that he's that he's good to go for this game against England. Um, you know, he was training with the team in New Zealand. He was, uh, uh, and basically they've been targeting this game against England for him to come back. And I think, you know, as much for what he does on the field, but also off the field, and just his, you know, his leadership and and just his, you know, presence and influence on the team is going to be huge. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about him as one of the hardest tacklers in, in world rugby um, and that sort of physicality is what Tonga are going to need to um, obviously have any show at all of, of beating an England team that are you know, seen as a genuine you know, World Cup uh, title contender. Uh, based on how they went against the All Blacks a couple of weeks ago, things probably aren't looking too good for Tonga. They, you know, they were just falling off tackles and just the basics um, weren't being done well, which considering they've had, you know, six or more weeks together is pretty concerning um, but they don't have to win this game they've, they've got England then they've got Argentina then they've got France uh, which is a really tough start it's a really tough start um, but they need to beat two of those teams so if they lose to England the pressure's on they've got to beat Argentina and France probably unless you know unless some funny results happen 
Um, but if they were to beat England, obviously it would put them in the box seat. But yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a tough one. I think it's probably the toughest uh, for all three Pacific teams for Tonga. Um, you know, they need a little bit more um, penetration, a little bit more um, sort of, um, uh, you know, attack-wise, they weren't really, you know, challenging um, their opposition too much. They played in Japan earlier this year against Japan and uh, were kind of just, you know, run off their feet, basically. So uh, up front is where they're going to win it. So if they can... Um, you know, get some dominance uh, in that forward pack and that scrum at the breakdown, then uh, that might give them half a chance. That was our reporter, Vinnie Wiley, in Japan. The divisive split around the Mate Tonga Rugby League team, which seems to be about money and mismanagement, is a lose-lose situation, according to a Tongan community leader in New Zealand. The Tonga National Rugby League has issued a statement that over 342,000 US dollars was spent from an offshore account for the 2017-2018 financial years without any report. This was confirmed by auditors Kingdom Accounting Solutions that did work on the TNRL financials between 2012 and 2018. These were the years in which the former board was accused of financial mismanagement and taken to court. Unable to produce an audited report, the old board was dismantled under court order and a new board was formed. When a public spat recently broke out between the new board and some players, it appeared to surround the team's disappointment that the board had dismissed coach Christian Wolfe without consultation. However, the real issue seems to have been around disagreements in the handling of finances. Whatever the situation, the chair of the Tongan Advisory Council in Auckland, Melino Maka, says it's not good for anybody and is especially traumatic for the team's adoring fan base. I'm actually uh, the chair of the Tonga Advisory Council, but I also um, have an have a, um, a interest in the fans and, and also um, uh, interest on how the, um, the game is, is actually called beyond the Matemai Tonga, because it's a, a lot of um, um, the community initiative is, uh, is a development uh, arm of, of Matemai Tonga. It's actually run by ex Matama Tonga players and and, and then there's around about six hundred kids in South Auckland. It's actually been it's under the uh, the name of Hakula um uh, Tonga. It, and, and that's the the concern that we have from the community, you know, that while this thing is is um is out in the public arena and, and the, a lot of, of point thinkers and I just feel that it's not um, healthy for a few a high-profile player to make demand on a, on a body that covers uh, the common rugby league because they they were there to do a job that was um, um, ordered by the, the the high court in Tonga, you know, to uh, to disestablish the old board and have a new election and and, and allow the the new board to to get uh, some of the, uh, the accounts ordered. But, but watching this from the side, and, and I just felt that um, and the demand, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it is not, it's not for the, the game's best interest, you know. Yeah, have, it's uh, almost, uh, it's almost like... our players demanding that, uh, that the board, um, you know, especially the, the chair and, and the secretary is to step down. You know, you know if, if that is that the case, they need to um, to allow the board to finish and you know and and then have that that audit accounts uh, submitted in a 
in in a um, ATM and, and and allow the public to judge themselves. And, and you're saying it's quite a traumatic experience for the fans, and you're saying the fans are what makes the team. Absolutely, because it's those players, they, you know, they are there, but it's the way that the fans reacted and support, you know. Um, but the current, the, the way that the current situation is, um, you have one one or two guys from Australia lead the, the charge for. Um, and and they say they they not they don't trust the you know, the current chair and, and the, the secretary of the Taiwan National Rugby League board. You know, it's a bit you know. Can you imagine if that was you know the in Australia having a few players demanding that the, the board in Australia to step down because they don't trust them? They'll be throwing out the next you know, the next second. I, yeah, I, it's I quite it's quite a tough way. one, eh? Because like you can't you can't you can't have a team without the fan base support. You can't have uh, a team without players, yeah. and you can't have a team without management. It, it seems like uh, it sounds like everyone just needs to sit down and, and sort this out. Um, yeah, absolutely, because like it's, adults. You know, for, for, for the for the best interest of the game and and uh, and its fan, they need to sort it out and and, and have some uh, you know to get some normality because. It's, you know, it's getting out out of hand, and I and I think that the the International Rugby League uh, Federation, the NRL, they need to and, and the Player Federation, they need to find a way forward because this is no good because it's uh, it's not helping um, it's not helping Tonga Rugby League, it's not helping some of those young Tongans who actually want to to play for Marema Tonga. Yeah, and and the next next game's just next month. Do you know anything about where it's all at in terms of the team preparations? Who's actually available? Is is anyone available to play? Uh, it, you know, see, at the end of this, that um, I don't know what what the the board um, will react to this because uh, you know, can you imagine they're not going to play? And and can you imagine if the, the board decided to pull Donga out of this tournament? It, it, it's, it's a lot of um, sponsor and financial interest for the game and, and its future. And especially the Lions were supposed to play Madima um, Tonga. You know, all this, this time trying to organize the Lions to, to do it here and the whole thing fall apart. Nobody wants, wants to see that. But it's just, you know, some of these, these people having those unrealistic demands, you know, to, to undermine the, you know, the body that covers the, um, no, the cane in Tonga based on someone else's um, um, assumptions. You know, you know we, we need, we need to, to, to actually have a look at the facts before we, we start to uh, call some of those serious allegations. We trust some, uh, we, we don't trust somebody based on someone saying it's a bit too much to handle. No? Yes, and, and um, what, what, what what's the ideal outcome for you? What would you like to see happen? I I think that uh, you know for if if uh, you know the former coach wanted to coach Martin Maidonga, then he needs to submit the, the financial uh, uh, record that, that the board asks for, and then the board can um, decide on that. And you know, and he he's actually um, hiding somewhere, not 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 being um, willing to talk. You know, and, and and some of those allegations is um, you know the you know the account that he he set up in Australia, and then they 
organise the, the sponsorship themselves. You know, you know, I, I think those things like that need to um, um, to bring up in the open and allow the you know the fans and the public to like to to, um, to form an opinion. But but in order them to form an opinion, it has to be you know all those things be discussed um, after the board has done their work and report back to the um, to, to the, the the stakeholders that that control the yeah, it just, just all comes down to transparency and accountability, which is the problem with the older board, right? Oh, absolutely. Because I, I think that, um, you know, you, you hear some of the social media, the claims that the, the, um, the former board is also uh, helping, you know, trying to undermine the current board, you know. And I think that if, is old the, the old boards and the new boards and the players, you know, find a way to, uh, forward to, to, to meet and show that their differences, and then allows uh, the fans to get get back and and back the, the team they, you know, that we love. You know? There's such a such a strong love that is, and such a strong feeling. Is there any danger that if this goes on for too long, they might lose lose that support? Yeah, it, it will, but the, the support will always there. But but uh, to get back to you know the the hundred percent support, you know it will take some both sides to to come come clear to a to a resolution that they have to they sort it out and they need to move forward in you know to, to just to protect the game and the fans. That was the chair of the Tongan Advisory Council in Auckland, Melino Maka. A catching calamity proved costly as Vanuatu were beaten by five wickets in their opening match of the Cricket World Cup Challenge League against Canada. Jamie Tahana reports. Vanuatu was put into bat on a difficult wicket in Kuala Lumpur, but the openers managed to put on 40 runs for the first wicket. But the fall of Clement Tommy, who scored 42 from 57 deliveries, proved decisive, with the Melanesians falling from 66 for one to 160 all-out in the 48th over. In reply, star all-rounder Patrick Matotava made an immediate impact, dismissing Rodrigo Thomas on the first ball of Canada's innings. Apollonia Stephen and Jelani Chilia also chipped in with wickets, reducing Canada to 57 for four. But an unbeaten 72 from Navneet Daliwal allowed them to reach the target with 108 balls to spare. Vanuatu interim coach Clint Mackay says the result doesn't reflect how well his team actually played. Fielding-wise, when you drop six catches in 14 balls, you're not going to win too many games. So it's very disappointing, especially when the boys pride themselves on being the best fielding team in this competition, which I think they are. Um, it's just one of those uncharacteristical sort of things that didn't quite go away today. But the boys have been working really hard, and probably the most unfortunate thing, that three boys have actually dropped those catches in those times are probably the ones that worked the hardest on their fielding. Clint Mackay says the humid conditions in Kuala Lumpur made runs hard to come by on a dusty pitch, but he saw enough from the Vanuatu batsmen to be encouraged. I had the ball swinging quite a bit and seeming off the wicket with very sort of tough conditions. Um, and then later on when the spinners came on, it actually spun quite big as well. So it wasn't really in the favour of the batters today, but we fought really hard. We sort of picked up sort of one or two little points in our game as a batting group. And then all of a sudden we take that total 200, which then followed the games in the over in the first inning. But not to be today, but we're showing great signs and signs actually lift their head up again and go hard in a couple of days and hopefully get our first win and 
get the ledger even at one and one. Vanuatu is one of 12 countries competing in the third tier Cricket World Cup Challenge, with two groups of six playing each other in three round-robin events over the next two years. The winners of each group will advance to a playoff tournament in 2022. Former Australian fast bowler Mackay only joined the team three weeks ago and says he's excited by the squad's potential. Yeah, some of my talent careers I've seen, probably the only thing that's sort of let them down at this stage is just probably the, the know-how to actually manipulate the situations in a game to make sure they come out on top, and that's just the lack of playing career. So the more games they get into against quality opposition, the better these boards are going to get, and who knows where they're going to end up, because they're definitely very talented, that's for sure. Vanuatu's next match is against Denmark on Friday, followed by Singapore, group hosts Malaysia and Qatar. Ko Jamie Tahana tēnei. And that's the World in Sports for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Kakite ano. Botox Cosmetic, Adobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.